of the month of January 2018. And this morning, our focus will be engaging the God of the altar. It's more of a counsel for you. It's a message of counsel. A message that is intended to give you the journey tip. Tips on how to walk through this year and accomplish and achieve all that God intended for you. It is one thing for God to have great intentions for you, great plans for you. It's another thing for you to experience what God has intended for you, what he has in stock for you. Going, walking through the year and experiencing it. Yet, it may be God's great plan, but it may never be manifested. All through the scriptures are very practical examples of men and women whom God promised great things. And yet, they never tasted what God promised them. Let me quickly say this about the dealings of God. When God is dealing with either a man or a group of people, he uses one key strategy. And that strategy is that he says it before doing it. In Isaiah chapter 43, he said, You are my people that I have chosen that you may know me. That before me, there was no God that was formed. Neither shall there be any after me. I am the one that declares it before it happens. So it is his quality. One of his characteristics is that he says it before it happens. And out of several things he says, for example, some of the things he says is he can give a prophecy. Of events that will happen. Oh, very soon this, 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 this will happen to you. Or that, that, that. That's why we talk about the words of knowledge. The words of wisdom. But aside from those ones, he gives promises. Promises are statements that God makes. Committing himself to make certain good things to happen to a man. For example, God will say, I will bless you like never before. If you are not very careful, you run to town with that. It's just a promise. Does God change his promise? No. Between the promise statement and the experience or fulfillment of that statement, there are conditions that must be met. And if you do not meet those conditions, you are on your own. That's why it becomes necessary for us to understand the rules of engagement. How do I engage God in every issue? And one of the areas to understand is how to engage the God of the altar. When you begin either the journey of your life, and what I mean by that is that the day you know God as a person, and you, you know what God wants you to do or how God wants you to live your life, and you want to begin a journey, one of the things to do with God is 
to engage God in the journey. Because the journey of destiny is not a journey that can be walked alone. For example, when God called me and said, son, I want to be in ministry. Ah, <laughs> we never forget. He has, he's been talking to me over the years. But this one, it was a definite moment. God said, now, I don't want you to do anything. You are not going to be a lecturer. You are not going to be a businessman. I want you to go into ministry full time. I was in Equa Headquarter Church for a meeting in Jobs. And while I was in that meeting, God said, come out. So I went out and then he had those discussions with me. Then I said, God, okay. I'm agreeing, but let's reach a compromise. Let's reach a, let's talk. This and this and this and this will be the bargaining terms. And then so we both sign an agreement. So I know like I know the palms of my hand that I'm not alone on this journey. That's why any witch that attempt my life is ready to die. So when you know, the moment you know that you are going on a journey of destiny, one of the rules of engagement is to engage God on the journey of destiny. Otherwise, you will meet Ayanas, you will meet Hippopotamus, you will meet all kinds of evil on the way. And if you are not very careful, they make your life look miserable as if you are in an entity. Many people have begun the journey of destiny without that engagement. And that engagement has its own conditionalities. I'll get into all of those details very soon. Another junction where you need the rule of engagement is when you want to get married. Some people just marry anyhow. Marriage is a journey. A journey that you either keep enjoying till you die or you regret that you ever enter. You won't regret your marriage. So you need the rule of engagement. You need to engage God in the process. Starting from the point of decision making. You must engage him in the process. The reason is that, let me, let me say this to you. If you have a glorious destiny, if you don't have a good mother who prays for you, a good father who prays for you, you better engage God yourself. Because if you have a great for every great destiny, the first target of the enemy is to make you make decisions wrongly. Once you make wrong choice in marriage, your destiny can be caged. I was studying the story of Catherine Kuma. That anointed woman of God that you are all hearing about. There are sights about her that you never hear. Catherine Kuma, when she began her journey, as a young girl, God was powerful on her. Began to move and then... But along the line, when it came to the point of making decision about marriage, she, in fact, at that point in time, she had even started ministry and all of that. Then she met this man. And the guy sweet-talked her. And then went with the man. And then her ministry was caged for about four or five years. Nothing for God. So it came to a point where I said, Hey, Catherine, you either leave this marriage or I kill you. 
That's why she was not married till she died. That's an aspect of her life she does not like to discuss. There are two things Catherine didn't, was not free to discuss. She doesn't like to discuss her age and she doesn't like to discuss her marital life. Because she knew that that was one area where she got it wrong. So when it comes to that issue, I'm talking to you as an expert. Check all through the scriptures. If you see any man that has a glorious destiny, or a woman that has a glorious destiny, the next thing you should should be checking out for is what will happen to marital life. Check. Abraham. It took Abraham to stand on his way so that Isaac would not get it wrong. When it was time of Jacob, Isaac was not there to monitor. They shaped a sparrow. The first wife they gave to the man, that was what introduced trouble into his life. If he had actually been given the wife bargain, he would have got go. He, he got the wife he didn't bargain for as the starting point. And from there, other women enter because those wives are now using their, their servant girls to sleep with my maid. So the man became by accident without, without deliberate intention. Is somebody still here with me? So the devil is very smart. So when you want to begin the journey of marriage, you engage God. You engage him. Because if it does not help you to sift the wheat from the shaft, you will marry an animal for a husband or a wife. Because the rule is this. Once the door is open for you to marry, the first set might likely be animals. Or you say, yes, check your scriptures. Genesis. The Bible says God says it's not good for man to be alone. It was after bringing all kinds of animals. I said, in all of this, go and read it very well. In all of this, there was not found a companion. So which means there was a check. Maybe we make a decision. There was not found an helpmate, a companion. So cheapers it looked like it, but it was not it. So God had to go and manufacture properly. And brought it. At that time, he said, ah, this is the blow of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. You will not marry an animal for a wife. You will not marry an animal for a husband. Can I hear a louder? Amen. Amen. Alright. When you want to be journey of a year, you need to engage God. You are beginning the journey of a year. You must engage so, there are important junctions in your life. For example, you are starting a new business. Ah. You must engage. Or you are, you, are, you are entering a new job. You are just being employed or you are starting a new business. You must engage. If you do not practice the rule of engagement, in every new thing, there are raining, there are raining demonic forces. Psalm 74. Said, I have respect for your covenant, O God, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitation of cruelty, wickedness. They are ready to swallow you if God does not help you. 
So the rule of engagement is essential. Engaging God. And this morning, I want to, from the vial of experience, from the scriptures, I want to show you how you can enjoy the better part of this year. And that's the basis upon which I'm speaking on engaging the God of the altar. Genesis chapter 35. Okay, let's, before we get to 35, let's first do something so that you will appreciate what is saying in 35. Genesis 27. Um, sorry, 28. I said 27. 28. Genesis 28. Are you there? Verse, from verse 10. I'd like you to take notes. From verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place. He lighted upon a certain place. And tarried there all night. Because the sun was set. And he took off the stones of that place. And put them for his pillows. And lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold the ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of the Lord ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou layest, to thee will I give it unto thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all thy ways, in all places whither thou goest. I will bring thee again into... I'd like you to take note of what God was saying to him. From that verse 15. And behold, I will... I am with thee, and we keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And we bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. Until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. And Jacob awoke out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me, and will keep me in, the, in this way that I go. And will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. Did you see that? That's rule of engagement. God gave him open check. He engaged God. That okay God, based on what you have said. If you will perform it. So that I come again to my father's house in peace. 
Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee 10%. You can see that you, you talk of tithe here. Before the law, some people will now come and say, uh, tithing is of the law. This is before law. And this guy said that because he saw his father did it. Isaac did it because he saw his father did it. It's only people who do not understand uh, spiritual things. They just run their mouths anyhow. So they say, use your tithe to buy beer. That's what, that, that, that's what their own Bible say. <laughs> Genesis 35. And God said unto Jacob, Arise! Go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there what? Huh? An altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fledest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments and let us arise and go up to Bethel and I, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me. Did you see? At the beginning he engaged him. Here he was confirming that he answered him. Who answered me in the day of my trouble? And was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all strange gods which were in their hand. And all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob, uh, and Jacob eat them under the oak tree which was by Sodom. Let's move from there to verse 9. And God appeared unto Jacob again. When he came out of Pandaram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob. But Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God almighty. Therefore with my power I say to you, Be fruitful and multiply. Let a nation and company of nations be of thee, come out of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed after thee I give them. And God went up from him the place. And Jacob set up in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone, and poured a drink offering. And he poured oil. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. Now listen. When a man is going on any journey, either the journey of destiny, the journey of marriage, or the journey of a career, or the journey of time, like we are going on the journey of this year. It is wise not to go alone. But 
to have the God of the altar go with you. Now, people who understood life, who are deep men of life, they learn very early to build altars and, and service altars. They build altars and they service altars. What are altars? Altars are points created by men in order to engage the spiritual world in their own affairs. Because the affairs of humanity cannot be handled by men themselves alone. So therefore men need some measure of supernatural to be able to assist them in the affairs of life. If you go around this city, for example, like I've always said, get to Okesha, get to Imo, get to any major area that we call region in this city, you will always find an altar point. There is always an altar point. It might just be small house that they build, but there is always one. At Imo, here, somewhere around Onimo's house. At Okesha, you have another one there. At Okesha, you have another one there. At... Um, 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 what do you call it? Ishokun. You have another one there. You have them at major places. Why do you think they have those altars there? And despite the fact that there's civilization, they have not broken those altars. The reason is that they still kept them as memorial and point of continuous sacrifice to engage the spirits that are founding fathers of the land. That's why till tomorrow, in Ileife, the king, once he becomes the king, they take him to the forest of the gods of Yorubaland. And all the 200 and something gods of Yorubaland, they will invoke the spirit on him. And he will be there with them for, I think, 40 days. And every year, that ritual must be repeated. What were they doing? They are engaging the gods of the altar. Because in the affairs of humanity, there comes a point that man is intelligence, his skill, his human physical energy cannot undo the weight of his life. There are things that a man will meet on the journey of life. That it will defile every logic. You can't explain it by any circumstance. You can't use any body of knowledge to explain it. Because they will be too mysterious. It is at that time that man also needs a mysterious energy to support him. For example, if there was no God going with Jacob. When he got to the house of Laban. You know the first thing Laban went to do? Laban went to check his star. What they will say in Yoruba and all of what are we Laban consumed demons to check the star of Jacob. When Jacob now said, I want to leave. I want to go and do some things, you know. The man said, please stay with me. For I have found out by divination that God is blessing my house because of you. In other words, I'm using your star to make my business work. 
Is somebody still here with me? So, the guy was slaving for Laban. If God didn't help him, he will use all his energy to work for Laban. Nothing will become his portion when he is going. So, when it was time to go, God said, don't worry. I will collect your portion for you. I don't need battalion. I don't need case. I don't need legal case to handle that. I know how to do it. And God, by mysterious oppression, converted what belongs to Laban to Jacob for his wages. And then God said, now it's time. Leave. And then when he was leaving, Laban went to meet his demonic powers and pursued Jacob with an intention to kill him. And Jacob didn't know all of that. And if he had met Jacob without God intervening, he had enough armed men who were angry with Jacob, who hated Jacob with all passion, who would have killed Jacob. Listen, let's not deceive you. When God begins to move you closer to enjoying and experiencing the destiny he prepared for you, there are people that will not like you. Forget those who smile with you. Everybody may be smiling with you. It's not everybody that's happy. In fact, if we gather all that are smiling with you together, and look, check the population of those who are genuinely happy and those who are not. Probably you will get only 5% on your side. So except God helps you by some supernatural, unexplainable orchestration. Some people will be glad that calamity happened to you. So they followed Laban. They were ready to, to strike Jacob. And then God appeared and said, hey, Laban, listen. Say neither good nor evil to that guy. Otherwise, I'll kill you myself. I'll handle the responsibility. <laughs> I'll kill you myself. I'm the higher assassin. I'll kill you. You know our God is a killer. <laughs> he's a life giver, but he's also a killer. He described himself as such. He's a killer. So I'll kill you myself. So, Laban had to behave himself. Not because he respected Jacob. Not because he liked Jacob. But because Jacob had engaged the God of the altar at the beginning of his journey. Is somebody still with me at all? So, altars are junctions or points that make a connection between heaven and earth. That you create a traffic between the invisible world and the visible world. In Yoruba land in those days, they have all kinds of altars. I remember when um, the story told us that when Egba people were fighting war. And then um, the Badokpara of those things were fighting the Egba people and all of that. The Egba people had to go and consult a demon, the demons of mountain. That's why the Olumorog, uh, uh, there's still a shrine there till tomorrow. Every sacrifice on that shrine. It was recorded in history that while the soldiers of others were coming, it was that rock that he dead those people. And soldiers were coming out of the rock to fight the opponents. 
visible human soldiers were coming, which were actually demons, were coming to fight those ones. One of the reasons why there are altars all over Elisha is that the founding fathers of this city, out of fear and the need for defense, they created a different junction. They invoked different of demons. Whenever you hear NOD, NOD, NOD Jebu, NOD this, NOD that, they are actually demonic gates. And at each of those gates, from spiritual survey, at each of those gates, there were human beings that were put there to do sacrifice to invoke those demons. Somewhere at Brewery Junction here, you have one there. At Elisha Grammar School, because before, somewhere around Elisha Grammar School is where Elisha ended. So at somewhere around Elisha Grammar School, you have one there. You have one at Energy. You, know, you have them at different points. You have some, one at Ayeso. All of those places. Now, as this church was operating here, those were the things we had to deal with. Because you must succeed. I won't pass up people that will fail. Ah, it's not possible. We have to go and speak to those demons at those junctions. Everyone will pass on Greater Christian Center. Door open. Because at those doors too, there are instructions that the good things that are coming to this city must be regulated. Oh, you don't understand. <laughs> so you find that the good things are coming, it goes in direction of some people. Who are the courts? And it's not only in Asia. That's how you have it in different, different places. So if you are not skillful in spiritual dynamics, you can be under oppression without knowing. Some people engage the God of the earth. That's why you find that all of those points, they are serviced every year. It doesn't matter how the KBAC feels. Every year, it must keep the dog around about. Why do you think every, every transaction, major finance transaction, market transaction, was gathering there? Don't be confused. The sabo market that was just destabilized, you may not understand. There are forces behind it. Because sabo market was growing. You may say it's government that want to construct road. You don't understand. Demon must find something. Government must construct road here. The kind of altar that has been built at this Atakumasa. Do you know how many years the government have said they want to break it to create more expansion? Have they done it? The traffic here and at Sabo, which one is greatest? Eh? The greatest traffic. I'm talking about vehicle. Which one should they break first? Oh. <laughs> Are you hearing some things now? Yes, sir. You see things, they just happen. You think they happen by accident. The people who are here are already jealous that things are moving gradually there. If they gave that place some time, another five years, traffic will move away from here, there. But the spiritual controls the physical. Am I still talking to people here? Okay, good. So you need to understand that while you are doing your physical activities, which you must walk, you must also engage the God of the altar. Otherwise, your effort will be in vain. 
will just be laboring. It will look as if you don't know how to do it. It will look as if you are not intelligent. Because there is no altar speaking behind you. So Jacob, when he began his journey, he got to a place called Bethel. And the irony of Bethel is that that same place was where Abraham erected an altar after God spoke to him in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Let me quickly show you. Genesis chapter 12. Are we there? I'd like us to read verse 9, verse 7. Are we there? Verse 7 to 8. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto thy seed, Will I give this land? And there built an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. And he removed from there unto mountain and is, is of what? And peach. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there that spot that same spot was where built his altar. So when there was traffic of heaven on earth, it was because somebody erected something there. chapter 13 Abraham came back to that same point and offered sacrifice so that junction was already open to supernatural traffic and because Abraham was a man that engaged God very well and God had promised him that even his children, he is going to deal with them. So, when Jacob began his journey, God made sure that he felt tired at that point. Of all places, why should he be tired at that point? Because somebody busted an altar open. Oh, let me help you a little bit. Demonic activities were very strong in Elisha, Ekiti, all of this region. Very strong. Witches and wizards, oppressing people. And some group of people began to pray. Oh God, send revival to Elisha and the environment. They prayed, um, Pastor Dubanjo and a few others like that. They prayed their heart out. And while Apostle Yababala was going somewhere, he had an encounter with God. So revival erupted. So Ayobabalala stayed in Elisha. And Baba prayed a lot in this region. Prayed a lot in this region. God brought SGLT, stayed in Elisha. So Elisha's atmosphere at that time was. It's like you have a covering and you now create a, a hole. They created an hole for God in the thick darkness of the city. People are coming 
from Inisha, from Onion, from Ekiti. Different places to bring their charms to Okeoye. Fire was burning for about two months and they are not putting firewood. It's charms and idols. My, my, father's fa- my wife's father's father, that's her own grandfather, record added that she carried, he carried all his idols to Elisha from Elisha to come and put inside that fire. So do you wonder why God raised many spiritual giants and they had to come to Elisha? Oh, you didn't get it there. Kumui had something to do with Elisha. Of all cities, even though he was born at Oshobo, he was raised at Oshobo, Bishop Oedeko didn't have any other place to go to catch vision but Elisha. The insight that battered some things concerning redemption camp was gotten one of the days Baba was coming along that college road. It was the, that road that he got. That's why he insisted that Mega must be built on that road. Because an altar was erected. So, Jacob had to be tired. Every time Bishop Rekko shared that story, since I've come to Elisha, I hear it again, I laugh. He said he came to look for his friend. And then he didn't meet his friend. And he was tired. And God said, find yourself a place to stay. Why, why will he not be tired? <laughs> he must be tired. Because there is an altar that he must connect with. Because there is a fire that is burning that he must touch. I pray for you. The fire of God's altar will light up your destiny. Will assist you in the journey. Will help you to achieve in life. In the name of Jesus. So you know what? It is altar versus altar. What do I call it? The problem is when you do not engage the God of the altar, you are alone. If others engage the God of the altar, they know what to do. Hello? Okay. So, for that reason, God said to Jacob, when God has helped him, because after he had that sleep, that God appeared to him, God said, the place you are sleeping is not an ordinary place. I am the God of your father. Everything you ever had about your father, Isaac, I helped him. I am the God of your grandfather, Abraham. Every ground of greatness around Abraham, I created it. So you too, you have an open check. Decide what you will do with me. But I promise you, I will go with you everywhere. I will make sure that I do not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will give you territories. But do you know why God was talking to him? He didn't have anything. He only had a staff. Only one rod. 
No cloth to even change. Only one rod. Nothing. He had not. That's why I know it doesn't matter where you are starting from. It doesn't matter how you began this year financially. If you can get him behind you in the process, you will end this year ten times better. So he himself woke up and said, Ah, God is here and I know it not. Ah, if that is so, let me engage you. If you will go with me on this journey, if you will provide me food to eat, if you will give me, he even remember clothes because he knew that he didn't take any clothes. He had only one road. He said, if you will give me garment to change, so that me, oh my, what I shall now. If you will enlarge me and help me truly, ah, I promise you, you will be my God. And of all that you give me, I give you a ten percent every time. That ten percent it will be our bargain, it will be your portion. So that as I'm getting the result and I'm getting the money, I know that somebody helped me. So I'll be giving you your portion. Aside from every gift I will give you, that ten percent is going to be your own. God said, "Okay, if that's the case, it's a sealed deal." Yeah, let's go. And they began the journey, and God went with him. So that by chapter 35, God said to him, Oga, go back to that place where you built an altar. I mean, that place where I met you. Go and build an altar there. Go back to Bethel where I appear to you. Because an altar. Erect it as an everlasting altar. And then, he told his family members, said, look, Everybody, we are going to Bethel. We are going to that place where the God that answered me in my distress. When I was nobody. You know, one of the reasons why I will forever be a God addict. I have an experience that is similar to that guy. Ah, no, no. I know where I'm coming from. I, I will be a fool not to serve this God till I die. I knew where I'm coming from. I knew the things that I had to go through. I'm not yet where I'm going. But I knew what I went through. One of those days in my life. B36. In Amdeazikwe Hall. University of Ibadan. I sat on my bed and I sobbed. And I was almost cursing the day I was born. And I was querying God. Why did you even allow me to ever be born? Because for some weeks, there was no food. Nobody to give me food. My father was not available. Mother, oh, forget. There was nobody to call to. And I look and I say, what kind of life is this? I saw that people, they had help, people are bringing them things. You know, how can you be in school and you cannot even say, okay, this is one uncle, let me call this uncle at least. If it is 5,000, they will give me. If it is 2,000, they will give me. This one, there was no Pakoi. Pakoi was not available. And it was very, I just, I busted into tears. And I heard him say to me, in that room, I will never forget. He said, I will help you. 
Don't worry, I will help you. So when I look at life and I look at the change, I understand myself. David said, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will carry me. Psalm 29. I will never forget that psalm. That was one of my consolation. That's one of the things that the Lord pointed my attention to. When I was going to school and my father that gave birth to me, and I went to him, I got admission, University of Ibadan. And the prayer I received is, where you go, you steal, they catch you, they bring you home, I'll ask them to tie you to a drum and shoot you. I know not. Very wonderful prayer. <laughs> Powerful, anointed prayer. That's what I received as I was going. To see that same man look at my wife. First time I took my wife home to him. He said, you are a doctor. If anybody comes to you that you should abort a child, don't mind them. Because you do not know. When an elder says things like that, there is something going on in his mind. And despite that, God could help me. I was in a room when I had my mother speak to my younger ones in another room. You are more intelligent than your brother. It's not in his head. At another time, I got so stranded. I felt, okay, let me go and try this one. Maybe I'll get money. And I got there. And I don't know what I did. You know, the devil is just wicked. And the woman brought out 2,000 bin and showed, this is money, but I will not give you. I borrowed money from where I was to go there. Thinking <laughs> that... <laughs> Thinking that at least I'll get some change. I didn't even know how I got back that day. <laughs> but I just knew I got back to Ibadan. And it was a horrible life. I was going for my introduction. No money in my pocket. And I know that they will soon say, Okoya, Okoyajo, Okoyajo. And there was no cover. So I thought, I said, Mommy, please, can I see some change here? Because I had not told anybody that I didn't have cover in my pocket. I carried my agbada, went with everybody, did like a proper okayao. And the woman looked at me and said, Nothing. So I'd have no money. And I went, and as I was going, God sent an angel in my frame to put money in my pocket. I finished spending. So at night, my wife and I went to the hotel that I put my mom. In fact, if I told my wife, she would say I lied. She had it with her ears. And my mother would look at me and said, Ah, oh no, my you I thought it will flop today so that I can tell your in-law what a bad child you have been. I said, even if I'm a bad child, is it that day? <laughs> I'm telling you all of this. Of course, I've reconciled with my mother. We, you know, we, are, we are in good terms now. I send her things from time to time. But if you are coming from such a background and you come this far to the point that your mother will now call you and say, you are the most intelligent among my children. I receive prayer every week. 
call and prayer every week. What would be going on in your mind if it had not been the Lord who was passing? So I understood when Jacob was talking. You will be a non-entity if you don't have help. A non-entity. I may say, ah, but ah, me, I don't have your problem. Ah, eh, eh. My mother is a prayer warrior. My mother likes me. My mother, ah, my father, and I thank God for you. It's a good one. But where the enemy may wait for you, you don't know. And his intention is just one. To ruin your destiny and your life. To make sure that the counsel of God for you does not come to pass. He has always had that ministry from day one. So it will not stop. It will not be on you that it will stop. Even when Jesus came here, he wanted to kill him on time. I was talking to one of my sons and I said, the way you are doing, <laughs> you are not applying wisdom. Unless you have grown enough spiritual stamina, you don't go and parade yourself before the enemy. No, I'm serious. Don't say because you hear pastor say, no witch can kill me. No witch can kill me. I've grown stamina. Grow stamina so that you can say what I'm saying. Of course, no witch be able to kill you. But don't think that you will caught that in a life that is not balanced. You are not... I am on a dangerous covenant agreement with God that I know as long as I am on God's side. That way we won't try it. And it's for everybody. But you see, the problem we have in Christian faith now is that people like to just say, ah, I'm a child of God, I give my life to Christ. They still live the way they like, they do whatever they like to do, and they claim I'm a child of God. There are certain aspects of God's promise that you will not experience. Until you fulfill certain covenant obligations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now? There are certain promises of God. Let me give you an example. The same Jesus that gave his power to his disciples. To say heal the sick. Lame and all of that. One day they were trying to cast out one demon. All of them prayed. Except the three that went with Jesus. To the mountain. All of them prayed. Nothing happened. And then Jesus came. Just one word. One word. Bow. And then they came back to him and said, ah, Baba, why couldn't we do that? He said, number one, because of your unbelief. He said, however, this kind goeth not out. So there is always this kind demon. Demons are not the same. They have different grades and categories. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Thank God for God's servant. Pastor Deboe serving as a covering over Bishop David Oedepo. The kind of demon that that man last year would have killed him. God knew that this is coming. See. Hey, 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 Oga. Wake up, wake up. That's why I laugh when you don't say you, you belong to a church by only name. There's no pastoral cover. Ah, you have died since 1934. God woke up that man, say, hey, oh God, get up, get up, get up, get up, before the demons kill my servant. Get up! Say, oh yeah, Tokenana. The man picked his race from 
come from five o'clock by six he was already at total without prior notice no formal phone call no he just came and said please open it as soon as they told him that your father is around eh? pastor he didn't talk to him. He was just going inside the, the room, the kitchen. What is the dead doing among the living? Spirit of death, I rebuke you. That week, himself, his wife, three senior officers and winners. Why in the plane they would have died? What is against your destiny? You don't know. Maybe we'll just have opened the newspaper one day and say, Bishop David Oedipo, wife and three principal men died in air crash. You say, ah, hey, ooh, oh, my show. Before you say too much, you don't know the details. You don't know the details. The reason is that that man had himself properly covered. I plead with you. If you are not a member of this church, you came here for, um, for one reason today or the other, but go and find a church where you will be properly planted and submit yourself to authority. Because there are all kinds of evil the devil is planning against you. That you may not even know. That you may not know. You don't even know what is, what is in his scheme. But I pray for you tonight, this morning. The Lord will avert all dangers against your life. All attempt of wickedness and the enemies and against your life. The Lord will avert. You will be preserved. Your destiny will be protected. You will be shielded. Your family will be shielded. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear a louder amen? amen. Okay. So, for that reason. When you know you have a great destiny and you are on a journey. You engage the God of the altar. How do you engage the God of the altar? Two things. You build an altar if there is no existing one. And if there is already an existing one, you service the altar. Hello? What are altars? I explain to you. Their connection between heaven. Their connection between heaven and earth. There are there are realms because sometimes may not be the altar may not be physical, but there there are realms that you create or somebody created and brought you into. Hello, it's a spiritual realm that somebody and brings you into. Sometimes it tabernacles over a house. Sometimes it tabernacles over a place. You know, but I first want you to know that it's a realm because you can move it. Hello. Without all boasting, this place, volumes of prayers and anointing that is on this place. I don't even need to come here to pray for you. You can come in here and pray yourself. And you'll be shocked. Some strange things will happen to you. And you are wondering, ah, I just went there to pray. Oh, you don't understand. Because I haven't called on God here severally. And still doing it on a consistent basis. It has created an aura. If you have respect for that aura, there will be a spiritual traffic. 
There will be a spiritual traffic. Because what is answer prayer? Traffic from heaven coming to earth to make things happen. That's answer prayer. Are you following me at all now? Okay, good. And there are angels that will be trafficking. Now, what you do is to connect yourself, your life, your journey to the God of the altar. That's why I'm not saying the altar. The God of the altar. That is the God behind the scene. When a realm has been created, when it has been initiated, if your father is a spiritual person, he might probably have initiated one, but thank God that you belong to a church like this. We have initiated certain realms. That's why sometimes I make you to praise. You don't know what I'm doing for you. It's like I'm holding you by the hand and connecting you inside. Every time I say, now go ahead, offer him the fruit of your leaves, come and worship him, and I'm giving you time to do. I am doing some, I am a skillful pastor. I, am, I don't get into this job by John John. There are different dimensions of pastoring. I could pastor you from the angle of, I am the custodian of everything. You come to receive and go, so you will always need me. But I am pastoring you from the realm that I am connecting you to the power source that makes it work. So that, so that when you say it in your house, Oh God, Oh God, as you are saying that, Oh God, everyone is hearing because you are connected to something. You remember that Elijah and Elisha crossed the Jordan. When they were crossing the Jordan the first time, the person that parted Jordan was Elijah. He just took his garment, proof, and then the Jordan parted. But when it was time to return, Elijah has been raptured. Elisha was the only one, but he had the garment of Elijah with him. The mantle was with him. So when he got to the river, he saw what Elijah did. All he needed to do is, where is the Lord God of my father, Elijah? And then the water parted. Because same God overall is rich unto all. But Elisha could do that because he had connected the God of the altar. Oh, you didn't get it. We began to see the ferocious ability of God's power on Elijah when he got to the altar and set up altar and fire came down on the altar. So we saw what was behind Elijah. It was the God of the altar. Because Elijah said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And every other person tried their own altar. It didn't work. Elijah tried his own. Fire came down. So you know that there was a God behind that altar that was with Elijah. So when Elijah was gone, chariot of fire came to pick him. And then he said to Elisha, if you see me, oh God, if you see me when I'm caught up, if you see me, I, I love that guy. He said, should be seeing me. Ah, I must see you. <laughs> and then he saw the fire. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his rider. And then God the mantle. So when he's coming back, the God that was with his father was with him. 
Every time I connect you in praise, I'm connecting you to the power that is behind our fathers. Hello? You see, it's not just God of Elijah of Old Testament. We have Adeboy of today. We have Oedipo of today. We have several other men that God is with. And by God's mercy, I'm joined to that lineage. So standing here, I'm also connecting you to the power dimension. Is somebody with me at all now? God of the altar. And the God of the altar is a prayer answering God. And he is a living God. Come on, say it's a living God. I can't hear you better. It's a living God. So the altar is a spiritual realm. That is initiated deliberately to create a transaction between humanity and divinity. That realm is deliberately created. And one of the things that makes an altar an altar is constancy of servicing. Constancy of servicing. Any altar that is not constantly serviced will shut down. There was an altar in my wife's hometown. Those days, they call it Oduotin. River, the spirit behind it. And they worship the goddess yearly. In fact, it graduated to the point that the, the goddess has a, a family that was worshipping it. But the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ came to that city. And all the sons of the man that would have taken over from him, they gave their life to Christ. The king gave his life to Christ. So they left the abode alone with the team. So after some time, the man looked and said, the children that will bury me, they have deserted me. If I continue with this, even they see that you will support me, is no longer there. See, I know they do it in. So he too gave his life to Christ. So they abandoned the altar. And that was the end of the power of the altar until Aregbe came and gave them money to do Isheshe. One bastard who didn't belong to the lily just came from nowhere. <laughs> Haven't collected political money. But we have declared that altar will dry up. In the name of Jesus. Is somebody with me at all now? All right. Once you stop servicing altars, because every altar requires servicing. In other words, there are things you must keep doing that you must not stop doing to keep the power and the potency of the altar active. If you stop doing them, those, the power will no longer be there. Why will the power no longer be there? There will no longer be traffic. There will no longer be traffic. Are you following me at all now? Okay, good. When you come to church, you are connecting the altar. Church is like an altar. Hello? You are connecting. And you are connecting the God of the altar. When we gather to pray, and then somebody spiritual is there to initiate you, we have created a realm of an altar. When you gave your life to Christ, we have erected an altar in the invisible realm. But the problem oftentimes is that we don't know how to service it. So I'll give you seven keys of servicing the altar. Number one. 
to service the altar when you want to engage the God of the altar. You do it with prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is spiritual communication. That's why people pray to all kinds of demons. But we pray to our God. When you talk of prayer, it says communication between man and the spirit world. If I stand here now and say, Shongo Lukoso, Akata Yere Yekokoya, Shongo Bami, Inoloju Inoleno, Shanu me, I'm praying. Hello? Because I am conversing with the spirit world. But our prayers is not unto God's are recently appeared. Because Shongo and Kobe are God's that recently appeared. Our prayer and our focus is to the living God. The one that was. The one that is. The one that will forever be. So when I begin to talk to him. And began to talk to him. God, you see this case? You see what they are doing? And I'm talking to him deliberately. Deliberately. God of the altar loves conversation. That's why Jesus said, pray without ceasing. The Bible says, unto him who answers prayer shall all flesh come. Unto him that heareth prayer shall all flesh come. So when you understand that it is God that loves conversation, once you begin conversation with him and you maintain it, you are already drawing power. I had the singular privilege of meeting Prophet Babajide of that place of blessed memory now. During his last few years. And I was by his bedside. And then he looked at me and said, In Russia, a lot of lie. A long, 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 Said that me. Then he gave me a few instructions. And one of the instructions he gave me, he said, Nibobojo, Maripe, Owaye, Lati Basoro. Tuba Basoro, Wagbo. I took that instruction in my hand like never before. So you are cheating yourself when you wake up in the morning, run through the day without praying. Those who know the God of the altar know that he's a God that loves prayer. Don't mind the stupid model of prayer that they taught us here in this region, Elisha and his environment. The, the prayer model that they taught us is one type of prayer model. And that type of prayer model is for people who do not yet have relationship with God. It's for people who only came for help. Why 
wa wa ja lo si waju wa ja lo seyin bi eni we ja were oluwa gba mi lowo ogun aje that's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Those who know the God of the altar, you know that he's ready for defense anytime. So he's just the least of his problem. But because he is invisible, he cannot be seen. He likes people to come to him who helps him to feel that they respect that he is alive. Every time you go to the place of prayer, you are simply saying, God, I know you are alive. Every time you neglect prayer, you are saying to him, I don't believe you are alive. That's why the devil always gives you that feeling. Anytime you want to pray, you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless your name this morning. But it's a lie. When that abalist goes near his idol, aside from those statues, and those statues only to help their mind, aside from those statues, even the statue doesn't speak. Aside from those statues, what do they see? Then you see the man is jingling the thing. Hey, he used his hand to assemble the team. But all this picture is to help his mind to be seeing something. The person he's talking to cannot be seen. And it is in his coming there consistently that the demon responds. Our God said, I don't want any image. Don't make of image of anything. I don't look like anything. I am just by myself. Nobody has seen me. Nobody will see me. Worship me as invisible. That's how I will remain forever. If you have enough gods and temerity to come and say and come to empty space and begin to converse with God in the empty space, He enjoys it. That is called praying. In faith. For they that come to God must know that He is, even though they can't see Him, and He is the water of them that diligent. It takes diligence to be talking to empty ear with not seeing anybody. That's why Jesus said, When you pray, go into your closet. Your father who sees in secret. So when you pray, he's seeing you. Somebody sit here with me here. So this year, service the altar in prayer deliberately, every day. Deliberately. Get to pray every day, deliberately. Prayer is not only asking God for things. Prayer is essentially communicating with God. There will be days that you will have nothing to ask. There will be days that all that you are just going to do for the two hours that you are going to be with God is to tell him, Father, I know your might. I know you are great. Thank you for helping my children. Thank you for all that you have done for me. Thank you for what you have been doing. Thank you for my life. I look at my life from beginning to the end. That's what you do. But there will also be some days 
Now you say, Baba, let us have discussion. No. Look, for the past five years, things have been very difficult. But I know you are mighty. It's nothing for you now. To make a man great with nothing. You, don't, you have enough power. And you can answer my case. Lord, move your power. Move people. Move situation in my case. When you can engage God that way, without distraction, for one, you are a diligent seeker. That's why you find out that it's difficult to pray for 30 minutes. But it's easy to gist for 3 hours. Do you get it? So when he says he is a rewarder of them that diligently. It means you have to bring all your faculties to concentrate. Okay. You forgot that you are praying. The devil has just succeeded in distracting you. So you are not a diligent seeker. A diligent seeker. Is either you don't pick it. I know that there could be some situations that because of emergencies, you allow your phone to be so that if there is an emergency, God can say to you, answer that person. But even when you are answering, yes, okay, can we talk that later? Thank you. Because you are simply saying every other thing is not as important as my communication with you now. Can you imagine you go before the president and you are discussing? And then one of your friends st- stood at the back. The guy who cannot even afford to give you 5,000. And you are before the president. And the president can actually do anything for you. And then you say, Shh, shh. And he wants to go and show you toilet. <laughs> can you imagine? He's calling you from before the president. Now imagine how the president will feel. When you truly left his presence and he watches you go, only for the, your friend to take you to the toilet and say, Oh, be Yeah. Because many of the things we go to look at, they are vanity. So he watches you go to look at vanity. And then you finish looking at that vanity, you don't even remember to come back. Say, ah, ah. And I, I was just about to bless our. Anyway, so we'll have to come back next year. Because the next time he comes to pray, to talk to him, the man will be watching by Atulo. Sometimes we don't know that when you allow yourself distraction in the place of prayer, you are going to repeat a circle unnecessarily. I'm going to repeat some circles unnecessarily. That's why you must be a diligent seeker this year. Have you ever seen Anabalis <coughs> or somebody who is demonic that is making incantation to his God and they come to distract him. That's why they lock their doors because they know that there are certain incantations you must not break. You must not break them. Once you break the incantation, I was I was told of a Yahoo boy some time ago. He went to do Yahoo Plus, and then they gave him an incantation that he must call in the middle of the night. And the Abadis told him, when you are reciting this incantation, 
no matter what you see you must you must not know you must not react no matter what you see so the guy began incantation <laughs> and we got to incant and then he just saw something that looked, ah! and she just he just shouted he ran mad because what they are simply saying is that irrespective of what it is you must be a diligent seeker some yahoo boys are more diligent than you the assignment the demons give them to service the altar is simple make sure you eat poo every night oh you didn't know that that's one of the things they do now they caught one in enugu he went to the neighbor's house and went to be eating poo i'm serious so they put him on camera you know facebook have made everything put him on camera and put it on facebook the guy was eating poo-poo. And he was eating the one with maggots. Sorry for offending your sensibility. <laughs> Hello. But you see, that's how somebody can be diligent. He's diligently seeking the demon. You. Ordinary five minutes prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. I might say you will not feel sleepy. Oh, you will feel sleepy. Right there, as soon as you catch yourself sleeping, say, ah, it should be. That I slept for five minutes, I will have ten minutes to eat. So I'm not going to leave here. In case you thought you would distract me. You took five minutes, I will have ten minutes to eat. Sakarati, Ingreandolo, Brodo, Shotobri. You catch yourself sleeping another five minutes. Ah, okay. Ten minutes. You will find out that after some time, the devil just know that this one is mad. <laughs> Until you get to a point where you understand that prayer is non-negotiable essential. I'm not talking about the prayer they say, You know, when they say adua here, it's more of a fearful thing. The real prayer is communion. Jesus prayed more than anybody in his generation. Tell me, how many witches was he trying to kill in his prayer? Even when he knew that they were going to kill him, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't pray, in Gethsemane, for three hours, Father, if it pleases you, let this cup move over. But however, I want you to know that I love you. That will be done. Now it was conversation. He was conversing. You never caught Jesus. Ah, Bubba, you don't tell me. Bubba, where me to bend where me want to do that? Turn off that bogo. Me jail nuwa nuwa. Bubba, me don't bogo me lo. Nuwa me nule nuye. I want to jail go me lo. You know. Now let me help you see. You see, those prayers are okay. Don't get me wrong. They are okay for people who are just coming to taste God. You know, they need to have some feel. 
Those were the styles of prayer those early days when you are dealing with people who are just from idolatry. They needed to see something. They needed to hear some things that look like the incantation to help their faith. Say you get what I'm saying? They, they don't understand the mystery of Christ. And so they needed all of those things. They needed the gomi so they need all those things because they needed something to help their faith. But when we come into Christ, it's a is somebody with me at all now? In Christ, we are not praying because we are afraid. We are using our authority to enforce the kingdom. We are trying to say to the devil, you can't kill me. Oh, I have Baba here. Father, I'm talking to you. I know we are together. You are my God. And because I have you, I know I can't die any dead. So your prayer is different. Your approach is entirely different. And to strengthen your approach in prayer is the reason why you must pray. <laughs> Did you get it now? So when you get to the need to command demons, some of us don't even know that prayer to God is different from prayers to take authority over demons. I want any or share thou foul spirit I command you in the mighty name of Jesus get out but you draw that power when you have actually engaged in prayer or fellowship enough I don't come to the place of deliverance and I say and you know and you know and you know and you if I've had enough time with the Lord, I just face the challenge. I speak to you with authority I have in Christ Jesus. Get out! And get out. For stranger, when they hear my voice, with fear and trembling, they will run out of their hidden place. Why? It's not because my voice is hard. It's because something has been mixed up with my voice when I'm with him. So it empowers my voice so that the words that I speak, they are now spirits and they are life. Somebody here with me. Come and say, engage the God of the altar. So engage him in prayer. If that's the only one I'll give you tonight, then today I'll be okay. Make sure that this year at the altar, prayer is burning. One of the things God told them, the children of Israel, He said, Fire must not cease from the altar. And the essence of the fire, there are three fires that they strike on the altar in those days. There's a fire where they take coal for prayer. I mean, for burning incense, sorry. There's a fire where they offer sacrifice. Now, the fire where they take for incense is different. The fire for is different now there is another fire that is there that is called perpetual fire it keeps burning day and night from the time it was set up during the days of moses that fire went out in the day of samuel and as soon as the fire went out the ark of covenant that always gave them support went to the hand of the enemy when your fire goes off on the altar your fire of prayer your beauty will be delivered to the enemy to oppress. But when you maintain the fire, 
That's why one thing the devil will struggle with you a lot. Check it. Check your life. Some of you struggle with that last year. One thing the devil will struggle with you a lot is that your prayer of fellowship. The devil doesn't mind you pray this. Ah, hello, Pastor, Mama, she showed me. And then he puts you into motion. There are some prayers that have no power. Can you imagine you spend four hours at night? Ah! 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 And you are in the church for four hours. You don't sleep. I met one woman who said, say, Ah, Pastor, me am Ah, kilo she him. Ah, Mama, I'm going to go the devil likes to keep people in motion. No, 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 no. If I will not sleep at night, ah, I'm not fighting demons. Oh, me at Baba, I'm fellowship me. Alabara, Eila Tobiju, you are the most. I, you know there's no like you. You know you are. You see, if I will not sleep in the night, I want him to know that all the demons that are flying in the night, they are not as relevant as him. You, you now did seven VG, seven days. Even God will be tired of you. Is somebody with me at all? And have you noticed something? People who are in that motion of circle, they don't really get delivered. It looks as if they have victory on one side, but they have bondage on seven sides. Ah, the pastor. Three months ago. The devil is putting you in motion. Just wasting your time. Hello. Engage God in conversation. See him take care of your enemy with ease. Engage God in conversation. Service your altar with prayer. Conversational prayer. Enjoy God. I feel that's where God wants me to stop. I have seven to say to you, but I feel that's where God wants me to stop. Engage God in conversation. When was the last time you sat with God? You mean you are using one hour to talk about some people? They never can praise God for five minutes. And then they begin the, the so-called warfare prayer. Three hours. All the praise inside it. Five minutes. You are insulting the sensibility of God. Because to you, the problem is more real than God. Ah. The day I had eight 
extent of his prayer, he spends giving thanks and praising God. I said, ah. because I want I used to think before that Praise God. But the man said, 80% of his time, Daddy, I thank you. Blessed be your name. You know you are a mighty God. And that's, that will lead me to the second thing I didn't want to talk about, but you see, let's push it together. It's praise and worship. They go hand in hand in the prayer of conversation. God loves to be told. Now, it's not, it's not that you're saying it will change him. But he just loves that you recognize it and you are saying it to him. I'll give you an example. Come. Come. No, 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 no. Come. Come. This lady is one of the psyching person I've ever seen. Psych your mom. The way you do. <laughs> Sometimes she psychs her mom to the point that she will dip her hands in her bag. Because I learn from everything. She will dig her hand inside. Yeah, do the thing now. The way you do it. Okay, you will say, yeah, Mommy now. Mommy. Mom. And I could see her. She said, Leave me, Joe. But she's enjoying the game. <laughs> because it's more than child. Thank you, Sidon. Are you following me at all now? What she says does not increase her size. But it strengthens their relationship. So it makes it easier for her to say, Oh, yeah, take. Oh, yeah, take. Are you following me at all now? That's how our relationship with God is. This is your father. He loves to hear you say it. Can I give you one more secret? When you learn to praise and worship God frequently, whenever you pray on any subject, even sometimes you are just thinking about the subjects, he will go to act. act. But there must be a frequent, consistent habit of talking to him celebrating him even though you cannot see him i'm giving you a vital key i wish i had somebody teach me what i'm teaching you now early if i asked somebody had taught me because when i began to do it i was doing it i stumbled by accident and as i began to practice and i saw what it is i began to ask questions then they told me I found out that sometimes when those fathers are preaching about it, you take your time to pray and all of that. Sometimes they may not go into the details I'm explaining to you. Sometimes as they are saying it, the devil doesn't even want you to understand the details. So all you are just hearing is prayer. Have you noticed that many of us, we thought we know prayer, but we don't know prayer. The enemy blinds your mind. You have just one rigid idea of prayer. That is not necessarily the one that releases power. So you wonder why you are not powerful. 
power belongs to God, you only draw it for use by relationship. Come, sir. How will somebody just look at you and say, the Lord bless you. He didn't pray more than that. The Lord bless you. And you went out. And then things start happening to you. All he said to you was, the Lord bless you. You, go and say, the Lord bless you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. The reason is that when he says the Lord bless you, he has used that mouth 10 million times to talk to that invisible God that he is real. So that God now came to a point and said, because you have used this mouth to consistently tell me that I'm real and powerful, mm, take power. Anytime you mention my name, I will appear there to show people that I'm truly real. That's the strength behind those fathers that you see their prayer answered. It's not because they are uh, pastors. That's the secret. You can't spend time with God in conversation on a, mark that word, consistent, on a consistent basis and not be powerful. It's impossible. God will use everything with which he has power with. He will use it to back you up. People will be seeing effects that they can't explain. They will try to explain it. I've, I've known that a lot of people have tried to explain me in Elisha. And that man, he has some people giving him money. And we don't know. He's a bony court. He's this, this. I'm telling you my secret. This is my secret. And this year, they will see when. Some are even afraid that I would, this year, there's no paper in my pocket, but we will buy houses. To the front, to the right, to the left. <laughs> I know they will hear. And they will be angry again. <laughs> but it won't stop us. Hello. This year, you will make it. This year, you will progress. The Lord our God will open doors for you. They said I'm teaching you Yahoo. In a church like this, what I teach you is Yahoo. That's where we get the money from. And I actually want to teach you that Yahoo. And that Yahoo is what I'm giving you already. It's Yahoo Plus. And I declare it will work for you. Everything you lay your hands on. The maga of nature. The mugu of nature. The ones that have been created. They will answer to you. By the power of the resurrected Lord. They will answer to you. Resources will answer to you. Money will answer to you. People will answer to you. In the name of Jesus. That is what Jesus meant. When he said seek ye. Sit down we are. We are closer now. When he said seek ye first. The kingdom of God. What happens? Every other thing shall be added to you. Somebody ready to engage God here this morning? Stand up to your feet and begin to engage God. You have learned enough. Engage God. Engage God. Engage God. Engage your God.